Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast, or some of you are probably watching from our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, as well as Facebook, and wherever you're watching from. If this is shareable for you, I want to encourage you to share this broadcast. Why? This is really a special uh, a special presentation, <laughs> as it always is when David Balestri is in the house. Now, The moment you have been waiting for, I want to get right to it tonight or today, this morning, wherever you're you're watching or listening from. I am so excited about this. I have come to know uh, David Balestri just over the last year or so. I had seen him popping up on my my grid, (laughs) social media grid, over the last two years, and every time I heard him speak, whether it was two minutes or 25 minutes, I was totally blown away as if I was eating at a, at a buffet. That's the real truth. Let me give you the bio that I have on him and then say a little more before we bring him out here. David Balestri, a recognized national prophet, sits on the national leadership of the Australian Prophetic Council. He's a seasoned prophet who functions with dynamic prophetic anointing in the realms of church governance leadership, and also marketplace ministry. He travels extensively around the globe as an advocate of the apostolic and prophetic ministry paradigm that is being restored into the body of Christ at this time. David is recognized as a governmental building prophet. How cool is that? Governmental building prophet to the body of Christ and works with senior pastors, networks, and denominations in building functional prophetic architecture, and strategies for the extension of the kingdom in the context of local church, territorial, and national expressions. (laughs) In other words, David likes to get a bang for his prophetic buck. Uh, He's wanting to make sure there is traction and connection between prophetic and apostolic. I, I really think that's the heart of Jesus, and that's why we've brought David on today. Uh, Let's just bring him out right now and get right to it because that's what you've came uh, to hear and see. Uh, David Balestri, welcome. There you are. You're on the screen. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. It's a great honor to be uh, with you uh, on this program and uh, looking forward to our discussions. Yeah, awesome. You've become a, a good friend. You've become an inspiration. And, you know, you're doing a lot all over the world, really, not just as a voice, but I I believe you even serve on staff at a local church uh, in Australia. Is that correct? Can you tell us a bit about what church you're with? Sure. I'm uh, here in Sydney, Australia. I'm in a church called Hope Unlimited Church. Uh, It's led by uh, my senior leaders, which is uh, Mark and Darlene Check. Some people will recognize that last name. and um, it's a it's a great joy and honor to be a part. It's a it's a larger sort of multi-site church uh, that serves uh, the greater region uh, that we're in, 
And uh, my my functional role here, I'm I'm an elder, of course, in the church alongside uh, Mark and Darlene, and uh, I serve as the my my working title is the marketplace pastor, the marketplace pastor, which which basically means I have um, key oversight to about we have about two hundred business people, two hundred businesses and business families uh, that are part of our church, and I bring. Uh, uh, coaching, counsel, strength, undergird to their ministry uh, in the marketplace through their businesses and enterprises. And uh, wow. so that's a good joy. Wow. That's amazing, mm. David. You are definitely a 10 talent man, I think. Guys, if mm. you've just tuned into this, I want to encourage you to share this broadcast wherever you're watching from, listening from. If, you, if you've got a podcast, you know, if you're if you're listening to this in podcast form when it comes out please share it send it to somebody david let's get right into this today there's there's really been an emerging need or at least recognition at least i hope there has been for more connectivity between prophetic ministry and apostolic ministry prophets and apostles and, yeah. and there's sort of a recognition now of, of those who walk in both quite well. I was even just talking with Tony Kim about an old discussion he had with the late Peter Wagner on mm. this subject. Can the two function together in, in one body? I'm calling it the hybrid model these days. And I, and I would consider you to be quite an expression of, of both apostle right. and prophet, apostolic, prophetic minister, how does that express itself? What does that look like in one person? Sure, sure. I think that's a great question. And uh, for those that, uh, you know, obviously I, I believe as far as Ascension Ministries that <clears throat> uh, people that are in Ascension Ministry carry a dominant doma dimension, whether that's a dominantly apostle or dominantly prophet or dominantly evangelist or dominantly teacher or pastor. And that becomes like a, the foundation grace that they carry in their life. And uh, by the way, it's entrusted to them by Christ uh, for the equipping of the saints. That's always if to whatever degree that that grace inside of you equips the saints is the degree of your success. Uh, nothing else is the measurement of your success because Ephesians 4.11 says that the outworking of that is um, is the equipping of the saints. So irrespective of how big, uh, how many books you've written on your grace or um, the network that, you, <laughs> that you've designed, um, the measurement from a kingdom success perspective of how effective you are in the release of that dominant grace inside of you is how well you have equipped the saints and to what degree the saints that you've equipped are walking in your dominant dimension. So wow. I just saw a lot there. But uh, I, my base gift has and remains as prophet. That expresses itself through a, a, a revelatory uh, in, a spiritual intuitiveness. Um, that, that, that's the, the voice of God becomes very dominant. In, in just every aspect of my world. So that's the base gift. I would call that the base grace. Um, but then, especially probably the last 10, 10 to 15 years, there's been the evolving or the maturation of the apostolic dimension. 
uh, that has refit me as a prophet. Um, 15 years ago, if you would have encountered me, uh, I was a very, uh, the expression of the prophetic in me would have been very different or felt very different and even in its outworking looked very different than what it does today. Um, I would have said that 15 years ago you would have met me, I would have been dominantly a blessing, inspiring prophet. Oh, wow. I still bless and inspire today, but but if you if you dig into the expression of my ministry, you'll see that actually the, the, the blessing now is dominated. I still bless, but actually there's a building aspect to wow. my prophetic function that now dominates the, that expression. And that really is because the apostolic um, dimension of Christ, that grace, has now become stronger inside of me than than the prophetic was uh, or is, you know. Wow, I, you know, I, I want to go deep into certain things that you said along the journey of that answer, but I know time doesn't permit. But you know, you you just mentioned the blessing paradigm and then the right. building paradigm. Can you speak to that just a little bit? That was some hot stuff there. What does that mean for an apostle prophet? Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, it's a really interesting thing. It's something actually, Derek, that you recently or a little while ago did a an article about Romans where Paul talks about grace and apostleship. Yes. And, and because we've, you know, just understanding where the body of Christ has come through, we've come out of as you know, a hundred years, hundred plus years of the the move of God of the Spirit from birthed out of you know Azusa Street, the Welsh revival. So we've come out of a charismatic paradigm, which has orientated us um, and orientated much of the expression of what we did. Um, we're now tipping into this new era, uh, which is really just an evolution or next step for the body of Christ as it matures in the earth in its representation of Christ in the execution of the kingdom. And um, what we're seeing is this, that, that yes, of course, the prophetic brings a blessing uh, and even an energizing and inspirational dimension to the body of Christ that's part of the prophetic uh, configuration. We see that um, throughout both the Old and the New Testament. However, However, the, the, the apostolizing of grace means that, that it's not enough for us. Jesus didn't just come to announce. He, he, he did. You know, all that Jesus said and did, like, like it wasn't enough. It wouldn't have been enough for Christ, respectfully for Jesus, to have proclaimed the kingdom had come mm. and yet actualize it through the the victory of the cross like yeah. like somebody's got to go to the cross otherwise we'd still be talking about conceptually the victory of christ but no one would be saved right you've got to actualize you you uh, the wonderful thing about the prophetic is that it has this ability to draw out of the eternal realm the mind of god the 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 the, the intent of heaven the challenge with the prophetic alone, which we'll obviously talk to when we get a little deeper here, is that the, the, the prophets and the prophetic alone do not have a dominant grace to earth that revelation 
into a tractional outworking of the kingdom. That wow. lives deeply inside the apostles and the apostolic dimension. Wow. So you're saying it's, you know, I'm, I'm using uh, poor language mm. here probably, but you're saying it's not enough just to speak, declare, encourage, pronounce, but that has to, and that resides exclusively with the apostolic function? Well, I think dominant, not exclusively. I think, I, but I think that I, I would say that the, the apostolic function is the breakthrough anointing that, wow. that births, you, you know, um, we, uh, it's almost like, because it's the king, kingly anointing that lives dominantly in the, like we're all kings. I, I understand that, priests and kings. But there's a dimension in the apostolic and the apostles. That's why they're proton. That's why they've got to go first. Uh, because, I mean, I mean, we could go a million different ways here. But, but the, the, the dominant distinction of an apostle is not that they can preach or that they can plant a church. The dominant uh, distinction of an apostle is that they are able, they have a capacity to, by the Spirit of God, to release kingdom wherever they go. Now, what wow. that looks like, it can look like the establishment of a church. But I got to tell you, we defaulted to that one aspect so hard. Because I think that some apostles, and this might be scandalous, some apostles will never plant churches. As a matter of fact, some, some of your New Testament apostles never did. But they release kingdom wherever they go. So yeah. what, if, what, if, what if an apostle um, plants no churches, right, as in what we think church, right, and instead uh, what that apostle does is release saints, the saints, into their assignments. Some of them may go and plant churches. Some of them may go and plant businesses and industries. Some of them may go and uh, become, you know, influencers within the spheres of culture. Um, what, what, what if, what if we understood apostles as kingdom releases rather than hold them into ecclesiastical boxes that just uh, respectfully handcuff them? to an ecclesiastical order that actually, I gotta tell you, uh, the ecclesiastical order has a place, but it's not Bible. It's just the way that we're trying to outwork what we read in the Bible. So, <laughs> Guys, we, we, we are already waist deep at the seaside here. <laughs> we're, we're about to go deeper here. I just wanna encourage you to share this broadcast. If you're watching it on Facebook, wherever it is, you know, share this thing, hit like, jump in on the comment section. My team that's here, uh, Bruce, feel free to throw some comments up there because people are obviously cheering this thing on as they find out, wow, I can be an apostle and not necessarily have planted a church. So right. Sounds good to me. Now, we've got to get into then from here the relationship then between prophetic ministry and apostolic ministry between prophets right. and, and apostles, I really feel that this is the, the kind of word of the day for this hour, because if we don't bring the two together in some functional form, uh, you know, the body of Christ just cannot meet the challenges, I think, in this coming season that we're heading into. Talk a little bit about why it's so important. We, and let me stage this a bit for people who are, are new maybe in these waters, 
we talked about for years how to get the prophets and the apostles to walk together. And we had kind of these pilot projects of, well, let's get them all in the same room. And, and you know, jokingly, we would say the prophets show up a little late with sandals and staffs and the, the apostles show up on time with briefcases. You know, the jokes would fly about the profound differences, which really are not true. But um, it was just so obvious. And, and some of the rooms that I was in where we tried to do this, it was very clear that there just was not the connection. And I remember thinking, there's got to be a different way of doing this. I, I feel like this is not it. How can we take what the prophets and prophetic ministry is getting, connect it to the apostolic to, thre to thresh it through the body? Can you just dive right into this, David, uh, sure. on, on this subject? Sure. I mean, I've been in many, <laughs> many of those same sort of room moments and it's just awkward. Like it's just awkward, right? It's, it's wow. um, introverts on one side, extroverts on the other, or, um, you know, the, the A type personalities on the one side and the B type on the other. And, and, you know, the, I mean, it's, it's not, a, it's, it's some of it, it's just human dynamics, right? Um, Paul, the apostle Paul challenges the Corinthians about their their factionalism, um, you know, and they've got all justification. Some are of Paul's camp, some are of Apollos, some of the Jesus crew, you know. Um, you've got that going on. And in the end, in the end, Paul talks about the defeatedness about that system and basically, you know, tells them to grow up, right? And one of the big challenges is that immature apostles and immature prophets will never work together well. So, so can we just say that that the first thing to to get the you know these two wonderful gracings to work together is there needs to be uh, some maturing realities within both of the expressions of apostle and prophet in the body of Christ. Um, so that's the first thing. I think the second thing that works against that is again. We've got this almost um, recruiting mentality, mm. and so, so, so we've got the apostles trying to recruit prophets, uh, <laughs> you know, without without trying to be overt about it, but basically saying, you know, because we because we come at it, we, see, we're still we've got this hierarchical hangover, we've got this this networking hangover, and and what we do is we come to the room and we're trying to impress one another. So that number one, you'll either join my network, or number two, you'll call me dad, Ooh, right? Wow! Like, just like that's, and everybody can smell it, and particularly yeah. the prophets can smell it a mile away, which is a lot of the time why they stay away because they realize what's going to go on, right? It's like um, it's like a trading floor for the best sports team, and everyone wants the superstars and and wants to promise these things. Um, I mean, I'm just talking. This is this is real. I mean. I'm talking brutally, but this is reality, right? It is reality. You're right about that. The business cards, the whole thing, it does go well, on. So so in the end, in the end, um, we've got to come to this this place of, um, well, maturity and ma that, that we are maturing sons before our father, right? Before God. We, 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 we're not competitors here. We're brothers and sisters of the same family. And the same father. And so that's the first thing that we've just got to put that down. The second thing is this, that 
first and second and third, like 1 Corinthians 12, 28, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, etc. That is not a hierarchical structure. That is a spiritual revelation. It's actually a, it's a, it's an eternal code. Listen to this. It's an eternal code that unlocks kingdom power into the earth. Wow. Proton apostles, firstness has not, this, it's not to do with, it's not to do with first in the sense of I lead you. It's, it's greatest servant to the body. Apostles are the greatest servants to the body. Um, that, that Jesus models that when he doesn't take a sword, but he takes a towel, right? Like the, the, the ultimate proton. When Jesus, when Jesus washed the, the, his, his disciples' feet, he was being apostolic in that moment, not pastoral. He was being apostolic in, in, in his ultimate sense. He was being that. So then all of a sudden, when we realize that, to, so it's how we come together, or I think the rules of engagement, for we've been trying to call apostles and prophets together, but the rules of engagement are all funky. They're, they're, they're not biblical. And um, and not only that, a, a lot of it, it's it's kind of like, well, what are we trying to achieve? If once we once 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 we, we agree to work together, um, what happens then? Do we then just go and re reconstruct um, ecclesi- old ecclesiastical models? Like like you know, where is this? Um, so so I, there, it's much more complex than we would give it, and um, it's not enough to just go. Oh well, we we just need unity. Um, no, there's something much more than that. Unity for unity's sake, um, sure, it makes us friends, but doesn't by default expand the kingdom. There's a glory that is unity that is different from uh, collaboration and, 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 you know, wanting to just be friends together. There's a glory, and the glory, actually, the reality is that glory of unity, it it needs to be downloaded by apostles and prophets. Wow. <laughs> so, so I, I just think uh, at this point, sometimes it's a bit like until um, until we grow up, until there's a, a maturing, yeah. I'm not quite sure if we can yet um, be overly ambitious about the full collaboration between apostles and prophets. There is some of that. Uh, I function in some of that. I go out of my way to do that. But I'm not quite sure, Derek, that we're going to find the depth uh, of the kingdom reality of that yet. That there's still there's still a journey before that to go. I think. Yeah, I I, I think we're even. You know, we want to answer some of these questions, but I feel like we're in the process of trying to answer these questions, right? And come to some of these conclusions. Have you seen uh, off the cuff? Does it come to your mind? A, a model that you have seen that has worked well. For example, like a prophetic network gets a word, okay? So the prophetic roundtable comes together, they get all this stuff, these downloads. Have you seen it then translated into, you know, newsletter or connected to an apostolic network that connects it to the churches and the body of Christ can respond to these prophetic words? Because there's so many flying around on Facebook, here, there, and everywhere, and we're going to dive into that too, which you have spoken so well about in this last season. But mm. but with all the words flying around, have you seen a model that's worked well 
in taking that and threshing it through the body more than just posting it on Facebook. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I, I could get to the point right now to say that I've seen a, a, mo a model that works well. But I, but I do, well, what I am uh, thankful about is that I am beginning to see um, different uh, coalitions of, uh, let's say, profits uh, in the States, uh, in, in Australia, in different spaces that uh, rather than simply every man and his dog broadcasting what they heard Jesus tell them for breakfast and calling it a national word and, you know, all of that stuff, that there, there is, um, there's a growing uh, practice now amongst some uh, maturing prophets and maturing prophetic councils that they understand that there's value now to actually probably come together in a roundtable setting, uh, release, share and release words that they, these mature, seasoned, uh, accountable, uh, you know, uh, measured uh, profits um, and, and present them to a table, uh, like as in present them to the group, collate them, uh, and then and then submit that to, uh, you know, apostolic leadership, um, network leadership. And, and, and that's been a great evolution. I, we, we, we really weren't seeing that 10 years ago. Uh, we are beginning to see that now. It's it's still not dominant practice. I still think that we have an a tsunami of of white noise prophecy that is being you know released and and you know the the access of of course social media and all that makes that very easy. But and and the body of Christ in general is still quite bedazzled. I think, with the notion of um, those type of prophetic words, it's a bit like the heathens with the horoscope stuff. Mm. The reason why horoscopes are so attractive is because the words are so easy to to latch latch your 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 working reality onto. And so it gives you almost like an injection, a sugar rush of 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 oh wow, this is awesome, right? Um, Easy prophecies does that, unfortunately, to the body of Christ. It, it's very easy when someone says, the Lord said to me, today's the day of your breakthrough. The thing you've been waiting for for 10 years is going to happen today. I mean, we've all got things that we, promises, dreams, things locked up inside of us that we've been waiting for a long time, believing God for. That's a that's a powerful, powerful attraction if, if, if I need some encouragement to say yes and amen. The problem with it is that it's probably bunkum. <laughs> it's probably, <laughs> it's, it's a God Give didn't say that. Clear on that, David. <laughs> Define bunkum. <laughs> um, so it, it and the, the problem, of course, with that is that after your moment of encouragement, when you realize that that nothing happened, Wow. You begin to do the very thing that Paul says that we shouldn't, which is you begin to move prophecy. You don't deny that prophecy is real, but you begin to despise it. Wow. And um, and and I, I think we've got a great despising of prophecy. And I think that one of the main culprits, one of the main, you know, <laughs> offenders 
are the prophets themselves. We we did it. We we did it. And and so we we need we there's some repentance. We like truly um there's some repentance. I I, th I think the most spiritual thing that some it's going to sound so hard. Some of the most spiritual thing that some prophets and prophetic ministers can do is to be quiet for a while wow. and 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 let the holy spirit redig a well redig re break up the the ground of our hearts and let's let's weep in the dark and not tell anyone for a while wow thanks for listening to transformation generation podcast if you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV.